I'm Gareth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The Enduros have arrived and Phillip Island is where teams are looking to turn around a tough season as they prepare for the ultimate challenge. The only thing that we have got half a chance at is getting a good re- result at those two events so you know, we're certainly focusing on that. And Will Davison talks about teaming up with Garth. We've got massive respect for Garth as a driver and, and we've worked really well together this year. We haven't been trying to screw each other over. The dude promises to get down and dirty. And I'm not going to take any shit off anyone, so they better watch out. We preview the 500 today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Well, let's talk about stealing Tony's thunder. It looks like it is confirmed now that the series will start overseas for the next three years, with the press release coming out on the 8th of September from Abu Dhabi Motorsport Management, announcing that an agreement with V8 Supercars to host the opening round of the championship for the next three seasons, commencing on February 18 to 20, 2010. The three-year deal sees Abu Dhabi kick off the racing season and fans expected to make a week-long trek to the United Arab Emirates to enjoy first the Yas Marina circuit in Abu Dhabi and then to Bahrain for the Desert 400 in February 25-27. to The rest of the calendar will be announced at Phillip Island this weekend. Russell Ingle has extended his contract with Super Cheap Auto Racing for another two years. He said he's excited about staying in the series. Well, there might be a few competitors that might not agree with you, I think, but like I said, I'm not in it to make them happy. I'm, uh, I'm in it to make the, uh, the sponsors and more so the fans happy, so uh, I certainly hope they'll enjoy the next two years. Ingle believes that Super Chief Auto Racing will be making big improvements with Triple Eight coming on board as their technical supplier. I didn't want to stay in this game if I wasn't going to be competitive. And it's just not only as a driver, nowadays it's so competitive that you have to have good equipment as well. So um, we're, we're extremely pleased to have that alliance that Triple Eight have been renowned for having some of the best chassis or cars in the business. Um, we've got very good engines. Um, we've probably got one of the strongest holding engines in the, in the field. So uh, with a combination of the two, I reckon we're going to have a bit of a rocket ship next year. And could this comment be part of the reason why he's staying with the dude next year? As soon as I started putting these deals together, and, and obviously, look, you need sponsors, you know, and, and the likes of Supercheap and Castrol, that keeps us in the, in the sponsor race. FPR have confirmed that they will be parting ways with Castrol at the end of the season. In a statement made on Tuesday, it was announced that while the team and Castrol will part, it has not affected FPR's plans to run a three-car team next season. 
and interestingly, Lo Castro logos can be seen on the Holden mock-ups of the 888V Commodore, those drawings on the cover of this month's V8X magazine, which is in newsstands from today. The other rumour that has been circulating is that Stephen Richards might be moving from the team. FPR officials have told the V8 Insiders that if Stephen Richards is driving a V8 in 2010, it will be an FPR car. Nikon has signed on to be the naming rights partner of the Super GP this year, replacing Nitro, who was dumped last month. The announcement comes within 50 days of the event, with the track construction well underway, the Super GP off-track calendar being announced. So now the only concern is if there'll be any A1 GP at the Super GP. Townsville Bulletin has reported that the Dunlop 400 held earlier this year had doubled the economic impact from the event than expected, with almost $20 million brought into the region by interstate fans and visitors. The paper reported that the Townsville MP, Mandy Johnstone, estimated that the average visitor spend was approximately $131 of each day a fan was in town. The HRT Family Day is on again on Sunday the 20th of September between 10am and 3pm, while last weekend Kelly Racing's Open Day was held with thousands of fans enjoying the day and thousands of dollars being raised for the three named charities. Todd Kelly said he was proud of the team's achievement. You know, we've got a big smile on our face as far as where we get to go to work every day, so to be able to open that up and let people see uh, where we you know, operate our business from is, uh, you know, it's a great feeling. Paul Morris will be back at the wheel of the super cheap auto racing Holden this weekend. He told the V8 Insiders that he wants his dirtiest driver title back. I think that's uh, going to be a good thing to have going on in the Enduros. Um, anyone knows if they want to give us any shit, they're going to get it back. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to take any shit off anyone, so they better watch out. Will Davison said he's looking forward to teaming up with Garth Tander for the Enduros. Tandor is the defending champion of the LNH 500, and the combination is definitely going to be one to watch. I don't need to uh, prove anything, and he doesn't. And, uh, you know, if, whether it comes down to qualifying or who starts or whatever, it's completely open for me. I'm not fussed at all, as long as we get the ultimate result at the end of the day. For Todd and Rick Kelly, they'll be joined together for only the second time in their careers in the Enduros. Rick's looking forward to the chance of racing with brother Todd once again. We've both played a massive part in building the team and it would be awesome if we were able to, to get the first podium together rather than Todd just grabbing it at a single driver event or me just grabbing it. Like I say, we've both played such a big part in the team that it would be great to both get that first podium for the guys and celebrate it. Testing ahead of the Enduros has been carried out with up in Queensland, James Thompson, the two-time British touring car champion, getting his head around V8 supercars for the first time. And down in Winton, it was the other international, Ben Collins, who was testing the Kelly Racing car and feels like he's made great progress ahead of this weekend's event. Testing here has been a brilliant preparation, so very lucky to have had that testing time. And from what I've been told, this track is particularly sort of punishing on um, how the car wants to be driven. So, you know, uh, I'm glad that by the end of today I have my head around that. And um, so that's good. So I haven't conquered Winton, but I've definitely, you know, come on to the level I wanted to get to. Um, so that's a good start. And Philip Island, you know, I know the car's a lot different. The, the ratio, the gear running ratio we're running there is different. Uh, and it's a lot, the corners are less sort of point squirt, which hopefully will suit me as well. Just a question of uh, learning the track quickly and, you know, making a good showing there too. 
And finally, the Enduros are the perfect time to get the notebook out and update the statistics. With this coming from the Home Office in Brayside. The McNally Riccadello partnership is the first all WA duo to run in the Enduro since 1997, and there are only three pairings this Enduro season where both drivers have won Bathurst Scaife and Murphy, Todd and Rick, and the final two are. Yes, that's right. Craig and Jamie, of course. Although you'd be surprised how many in the V8 Insider's office couldn't remember the three time champs. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break. Neville Wilkinson and Jacob Black will help me preview the 500. And then later we'll hear from Todd Kelly on his first year as a team owner. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing SP Tools. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on the show, it is none other than V8X Magazine's editor-in-chief. It is Neville Wilkinson. Neville, the latest mag on stands now. And uh, if you're into Bathurst, if you want to know what's going on at FPR or at Triple Eight, it's all in V8X Magazine. Oh, yeah, and more, yes. Well, the main thing is the Bathurst preview. We've also got the results from the mega survey and there's some, some surprising results. Um, we'll all find out what the most, who the most popular driver. Well, we all know that's Lounsey, but we all know we can all. It's, it's a guessing game. Who's the most second most popular driver? Um, yep, FPR team in crisis and team Vodafone's. Some people might call it a defection. Some people might call it good business sense. But uh, Team Vodafone or Triple Eight Engineering going over to Holden, and what that really means in regards to the battle between Tom Walkinshaw and Roland Dane, Walkinshaw HRT. That is the real war that's happening in VH cars now, not 2010 now. And um, it's, we, we, we delve into that a bit. It's going to be, well, it is a great read and it's on sale right now. Joining us for the first time on the V8 Insiders is Jacob Black from P101. And Jacob, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Craig. Great to be here. It is an interesting time ahead of the first enduro of the season and that's really where we should start because everything that's been going on so far this year is built up to enduro time and teams that are having a bad year, well, this is where they can really start to have a good one because you win Bathurst and that's as good as a championship for most teams, isn't it, Jacob? It, it is and, and definitely the focal point. I remember speaking to, to Roland Dane last year and, and he said on many occasions that Bathurst is really his his focus and, and for a lot of the teams that's the case. Clearly for teams like Tasman Motorsport it's a it's a great opportunity for them to perform um, when they've had maybe seasons that they didn't quite do what they wanted to do. Um, and especially this year with, with Scaife and Murphy in there and it's a it's a time when teams who might not be in the championship hunt really get a chance to cover themselves in glory. And I don't know, Neville, but this is the second year of the Phillip Island 500 and it is still, I think, trying to struggle to get the public to understand that Saturday there's races, 
but they're qualifying races. And this year, the points have all changed a little bit. And I, I don't know that everyone's right on top of the whole qualifying for the 500 this year. Well, I understand. It's a new type of uh, system for, for V8 supercars. It's, I mean, it's, it's a tried and true thing for something like NASCAR, where Daytona have qualifying races, and they've been doing it since day dot, practically. Um, so they all understand it, but it's it's like everybody. No one likes change, and so when you change their supercars or something's going on there, you get all the I'll lark up about it. Um, it's an education process. Now, who's who? That's where the media comes into it. They've got to educate the people. Uh, their cars have got to help educate the people. Sure, the television bangs on about it till you go blue in the face, but people still get confused. Um, I mean, I, I like it. I don't mind it. It's different. I'm not too sure about awarding points for the qualifying races in regards to for the championship points, but that seems to happen. And I kind of just rather them race. And I think that's what the fans don't like. They, they would rather that the, the, the drivers race for full points for the 500, if you know what I mean. And, you know, if you win the 500, you win the race and you get most points. And as we found out last year, Team Vodafone came second, but they got the most points for the round uh, because of the extraordinary qualifying um, uh, results. So, yeah, there's a point of contention. You know, it, people get used to it, and if we do it for another 10 years, everybody will be just the norm. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, it's interesting. The podium last year, every single one of those drivers is back this season, even though one of them's retired. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, and, um, and it's good to see as well. I mean, it's always difficult when someone's coming back into it, I guess, but... Well, it's Mark Scaife-Garth Tander, who, of course, aren't driving with their same partners. Lowndes and Wing Cup coming in second, as Neville mentioned, and then Will Davis and Stephen Johnson. That combination, well, it's no longer. I think the Davis and Tander combination is stronger, yet Scaife and Tander never won last year. Well, yeah, but they... they ba- Team Vodafone basically lost it by the, uh, the well, I'll, I'll be nice and call it the uh, stuff-up that uh, Jamie Wincup did. Um, so, you know, one mistake, Jamie Wincup made it, and Garth was whew, underneath. So, uh, you know, you can't afford to, to, to stuff up. And, and it's, it's just, that's the way it is. These two, and, and it's the battle this year is going to be even tighter Oh, you try and separate these two teams, Team Vodafone and HRT, for this year. Um, well, you know, it's a toss-up who's going to win. It's a, I mean, and I know you're going to ask who's going to win later in the show. No, I'm going to ask a next question, actually. Next question. Well, I actually believe it's a toss-up between HRT and Team Vodafone, and it's a toss of a coin. I would probably say HRT because they're down here in Victoria and they do drive days out there, but that... Yeah, no, that's a very, a very loose way of trying to pick the winner. Jacob, well, who, who's going to win? Well, at, at, at the risk of raising the um, the ire of Roland Dane, I think that um, that that HRT momentum at the moment and and have got a partnership that will do it. I think, um, rightly or wrongly, that Triple Eight have sort of maybe taken their foot off the pedal a little bit, or maybe been a little bit distracted um, in the last couple of rounds with with everything that's going on. And so I think that HRT are best placed and. And then it's a sort of shootout from there for the best of the rest. But mm. I know why they're distracted, and and this is apart from the Holden, the Holden uh, announcement, which was a, was was kind of a distraction. But it was you know whether it was good or bad, who knows? Um, I just know that 
well, I get the feeling with the way the engines performed at Queensland Raceway, how um, Team Vodafone had engine difficulties and, and troubles and stuff like that, they've been testing in, engines for life. So, I mean, there was a comment at Queensland Raceway that um, Team Vodafone had their engines were four races old. Well, four races old is one race at Bathurst. So maybe they've been testing engine life for Bathurst. Now, they've probably already worked out how their engines are, gonna, are going to uh, perform. And it's all down... This is all about Bathurst. Phillip Island is a test run for Bathurst. But Bathurst, you still can't pick it because they go up through the cutting and the, and the drive through there. So it's all about how are the engines going to last at Bathurst and are the engines going to last at Bathurst because it's a new E85. No one's raced at Bathurst with this, this fuel before. Mm. It's going to be interesting. My tip, because I know you're interested, is Courtney and Johnson. Guys, we need to move on, but before the break, we will have a quick chat. It's three years since Peter Brock's death, uh, and I guess, where has the sport gone since then, Nev? Well, the sport always moves forward. I mean, uh, sure, we, we shouldn't forget the past and the heritage in the sport. And I think Peter Brock still has a, a place. Um, his name definitely has a place. And he's still very well loved. Um, I mean, there's people... I mean. People talk to me about it's three years since Brocky's gone and where's the time time flown. But, you know, the, the punters still love Peter Brock. And you'll probably see that they're going to sell Peter Brock merchandise, retro-type merchandise at Bathurst, and it'll sell like hotcakes. Mm. Jacob, you, of course, come from the West and were over there at that time. I was. I, I got the... Um, I actually got an SMS. Um, I was sitting in a radio newsroom at the time and got an SMS um, from a friend who was was up on the hill um, at Targa West at the time and, and sort of ran with the story from there and I, I remember it, it hit me like a brick. I actually had to get someone else to read the story the first time around. Um, and I think that it's part of the stature of Peter Brock that three years on he's still enriching our, our sport. I mean there's still there's going to be that display at um, Homebush that I think will, will generate a lot of interest. There's obviously the legacy that he's left with other drivers and, and it's, it's testament to the stature of the guy in our sport that that three years on, he still contributes to V8 supercar racing. Mm, it is it is amazing that it is three years uh, this week since his untimely death. We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders, and we'll be back with plenty more right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au, or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. 
Well, welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Jacob Black and Neville Walkinson joining me, Craig Revell. And we need to have a look at a few of the other news events of the week. And that is, first of all, Russell Ingall having a two-year deal. And and if uh, what we heard in the V8 Insiders news earlier, Neville Walkinson, he could be getting some of that Castrol money that's going missing from FPR. Well, I mean... It's been announced that uh, FPR aren't going to retain Castrol as a sponsor for 2010 onwards. Um, part of the part of the talk in the industry is that uh, um, Paul Morris Motorsport or Super Cheap Auto Racing uh, will get Castrol money, and there's people talking, how is that going to happen? Is it going to be one Castrol car, one Super Cheap Auto car? Um, if that's the case and Russell Ingle is going to be driving in that team, which he is, which car is he going to be driving, the super cheap auto car, or is he going to be driving the Castrol car? Um, my understanding is Castrol want to sponsor a whole car. Um, they don't want to be a part sponsor, so how's that going to work? Um, I could be totally wrong, too. Um, but, yeah, who's Russell Ingle going to drive for, and then who's going to drive the second car? Because I can see that super cheap auto still want a top-line driver in their car, and if Russell Ingle's driving the Castrol car... Um, who's going to be driving the super cheap auto car. So that's really the machination of what's going on with Castrol. I mean, Castrol's been linked to talking to Cali Racing as well. I mean, you know, there's there's an opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, but of course, uh, uh, Todd Kelly came out this week and said, no, we haven't been talking to Castrol, but our door is open. I reckon every V8 supercar team down the grid, Jacob, would uh, love to be uh, linked with a partner like Castrol. Oh, absolutely. The, their commitment to the sport and the amount of money that they put in would be fantastic. I mean, I think the most fantastic thing that's come out of this news about Ingle's two-year deal is is for the sport. Russell Ingle is just, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the great characters and contributes a lot. So I think that's fantastic that he's going to be around for two more years. With, in terms of Castrol, um, it, I, I don't know if, if they'd work with, with Russell Ingle. If it had worked, Super Cheap would be happy to lose the enforcer given the amount of work they've done with their TV and, and radio campaigns. But, um, I mean, it's good that that money's up for grabs. It means that there'll be a lot of teams working. I think it's probably quite clever from Castrol if it's if it's their PR guys that have been telling people, oh, we've been talking to these guys and we've been talking to those guys. It'd be worth their while to stir that rumour mill and, and really milk that. It's a good chance to leverage their brand. But... Yeah, how great is it that Russell Ingle's going to be around for two more years? Well, that is uh, a big talking point. Of course, uh, when I spoke to him, as uh, people heard on the news, he said the fans might be happy I'm around, but I don't know if a lot of the competitors are. Which... Well, my, my po- another aspect, and this is going to throw people into a flat spin, because, I mean, uh, let's say that, you know, who who could partner Russell Ingle in a top-line car. I mean, is there a driver out there that can do the job for super cheap auto racing? Because they don't... Sure, you talk about Russell Ingle being involved with super cheap auto and their advertising and stuff like that. I mean, who knows what will happen? Or who knows where Castrol's actually going to go? Um, you talk about how the Kellys say that they haven't talked to Castrol. I mean, with this news that Castrol aren't sponsoring FPR everybody's going to be talking to Castrol. And if the Kelly team say that they haven't talked to Castrol, I'll be very surprised. I honestly believe they have been talking to Castrol or they are talking to Castrol or about to talk to Castrol because you'd be crazy not to. 
I mean, that, that team's got a lot to offer, and I'm talking about Kelly Racing, but then again, so has Paul Morris Motorsport. Um, with their uh, association with Team Vodafone next year, it'd be very hard to go past past not sponsoring that team. Mm, yeah, that is true. Hey, 16 events next year. How many f- more can the series afford? If we look at the uh, money that went into Townsville earlier this year, you would be thinking the governments would be lining up to get on that bandwagon. $20 million, or just about $20 million, going into the economy for what they call the seven-day event. Of course, we had, what, the three days of on-track activity, Jacob. But uh, do you think van supercars can stretch too much further? I think they can. And I, I actually think, and I've thought for a little while, that they need to. I'm thinking something like 18 or 20 rounds because we, we have... AFL and we have Rugby League, I mean, that's a weekly thing. It generates weekly audiences and everything else. Now, I don't think that we're necessarily um, in that league yet, but we need to be to have a more regular schedule, a more regular calendar, um, so that we can retain TV audiences, so that we can retain fans' interest um, week to week. And, and I think that for a, for a national category to be, you know, and... A, and What's supposed to be the third biggest sport and possibly the second biggest sport in the in the country? It needs to expand in terms of rounds um, to have that credibility and to maintain that interest round to round, week to week, or event to event, as the case may be. That is the that is the big thing, isn't it, Neville? It's just not on enough or regularly enough to get the Metropolitan Newspapers and get the Metropolitan Newspapers uh, television reporting on that weekly like they do with the football codes well it's it that's always been the case with motorsport um i must admit it's a lot more regular with virtue because and when it was just group a um but i yeah it does need to be regular i mean not like nascar where it's every week i don't think australia can support that but something where it's at least every two if not a gap every now and then of three weeks that tends to work, uh, or would work. I, I, I don't think we could do much more regular than that. Um, but going back to your earlier question about can the teams afford it, if the money's there, the teams can do as many rounds as, as they would like if the money is there. Mm. So if, if they're getting paid to, uh, to, to go to a round, then um, they could do a round every week of the year if they wanted to, as long as they were getting paid. Now... Let me clarify, you're talking about not 16 events, you're talking 15 events plus the Grand Prix. It's only 15 events. It's 16 meetings. There's 16 meetings, Mm. but it's 15 events, and that event, I'll I'll, I'll lay my ghoulies on the line right now and tell you it's the Abu Dhabi round, (laughs) and that's the 16th event, and the teams get paid to go there if that's the event. So, of course, they can go and do 16 because they're actually getting paid to go to the round and it's not costing them to go to the round. Well, I'm not checking on the weekend to see if your ghoulies are still attached after <laughs> the announcement. Gas and Go time here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by the latest edition of V8X magazine. It's the Bathurst preview with FPR, a team in crisis, on the cover. You can also have a look at that team Vodafone Holden. If you're a Holden man, you'll probably want that. If you're a Ford man... Well, they'll probably be saying Nev should have made another cover. But uh, there's plenty of Ford on that cover for Ford fans, of course, with FPR. It's just, unfortunately, crisis time. 
Gas and Go time. Five questions in three minutes, starting with Jacob Black. Does Kelly Racing have any chance of uh, regaining Holden money? We know they're going to get Holden support, but that and a dollar still leaves you with a dollar. Yeah, no. Um, I don't think so. I think there's, the reality is that, that, that um, Holden, like Ford, are going to start pulling back how much money they give to teams, and, and teams are going to have to look elsewhere for their money. Nev? Well, if they're going to get money off Holden, it's definitely been. Uh, I, I'd say it's been reduced. Um, I don't, I'm not. I'm not from Holden. I don't know Holden, so I don't know their business. But if, if they sponsor another team like Team Vodafone, they've got to get it from somewhere else because they're not. They're not increasing the sponsorship. Mm. Is Castrol Neville the only thing FPR's about to lose? Uh, that's a hard one to answer. <laughs> they, um, I would say yes. If you're talking, if you're talking sponsors, not too sure. But if you're talking drivers, no, I think they're going to retain both their drivers. They're both contracted. Um, it looks like they put some things in place, extra staff to make things happen. If Campbell Little, they're going to, I believe that it's going to help them move forward. So yes, I think that's the only thing you're going to lose. Okay, Jacob. Yeah, exactly what Neville said. Um, I, I couldn't see them losing the drivers. They're both contracted till the end of 2010. Um, I, I, I'm hoping they wouldn't lose walk-on sponsorship. That would make life really difficult. But, um, you know, I can't see them losing anything else. All right. Jacob, where will we be going instead of Bahrain this year? I would say Phillip Island. Neville? Ditto. In fact, I reckon V8 Supercars have already booked their accommodation for uh, Phillip Island. You got a spare pair of ghoulies you're going to put on that, Nev? Oh, mate, I've even booked. I've even booked a house tentatively where I'm staying for, for that time of the year too, just in case. Well, it's going to be a damn sight. Got a spare room there, Neville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll put you on the list with everybody out. <laughs> hey, it'll be a damn sight warmer when we go back yeah, there in yeah, November. Could be good, but I, 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 and I don't believe. Well, sorry, I believe that V8 Supercars. This is scuttlebutt, obviously, but if they do go to Phillip Island and they have booked Phillip Island, they're not announcing it because they want the fans to go to Phillip Island this weekend. They don't want the fans to say, ah, oh, let's wait till the weather's warmer mm. and go. No, no, they want them to go this weekend and worry about the second Phillip Island when that happens. Mm. Will the dude, Neville, get his dirty driver title back this weekend? Well, that's up to him, isn't it? Does, is he going to... Is he going to... You don't win long-distance races by running into other cars. Now, uh, you know, that's how he got his, uh, he's got his reputation... Um, let's hope that he doesn't do that uh, and spoil someone else's race um, and spoil his own at the same time. Or more importantly, Jacob, Russell Ingalls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that'll be his focus, will be Russell Ingalls. I'd, honestly, I'd always referred to Paul Morris as an emotionally motivated driver. And I think we saw that at Bahrain that time when he drove up to fourth so he could drive into Todd Kelly a couple of times and then drop back to 12th once he'd got that done. And um, I think that's... Um, and, and that's great for the sport as well. I mean, we like to see a bit of a bit of action, a bit of emotion out on the track. But definitely, his focus will be Russell Ingalls. So I can't see him off the leash, as it were. Mm. Well, the question with sponsorship, of course, is: Will Nikon make the Super GP? And will there be any GP at the circuit when the Nikon Super GP gets onto the track, Jacob? Well, yeah, I, I think they'll. I think they'll be both okay. Nikon's come on pretty late. I couldn't see them pulling out between now and then. A1GP teams have booked. They're going to be testing at Queensland Raceway in the, I think it's the weekend before the um, Super GP. So they'll they'll be out here early in Australia getting their pre-season testing 
underway at Queensland Raceway. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be all OK. Neville? Uh, I think Nikon's definitely going to be there. Um, AGP or A1GP, who knows? I mean, it's very quiet what's going on. There's a lot of negative press coming out of there. I'm kind of at the, I'm of it. So when, they, when they're there, I'll believe it. All right, that's Gas and Go for another week, brought to you by the latest edition of V8X Magazine with FPR, a teaming crisis on the cover. And, of course, across the banner in uh, what is a Dayglow Orange this time, the 09 Bathurst preview. And I guess we, we haven't talked enough about uh, Larco. He uh, didn't go as hard as what uh, Thomas did last year or the last couple of years, but he's certainly right on the money with his comments for the leaders. Definitely, and I mean, um, I think all the years we've been doing it uh, with Thomas and with Larko, we've picked the winner every time, and I don't see any difference this time. Well, Jacob, thanks very much for uh, joining us here. You can pull those rookie stripes off, and uh, we'll have to get you back on soon on the V8 Insiders. Thanks, Craig. Thanks a lot. Nev, look forward to catching up with you on the weekend as well. It was a pleasure. On the V8 Insiders, the white flag lap is up next. We speak with Todd Kelly about his first year as a team owner. I hope you'll stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. On this week's White Flag Lab, we catch up with Todd Kelly and started by asking him if starting his own team was the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. Yeah, I think uh, by a long shot. Um, we've attacked a few different things over the years, uh, you know, rally teams and stuff we've, we've run for Holden, but uh, this is by far the biggest, you know, running for V8 supercars is a, is a fairly big task. But, you know, it, it's been... Uh, been a lot of hard work but hopefully it'll probably be the most rewarding thing that we do as well we've got some fantastic support from Holden and Jack Daniels and we've got uh, about 45 great people working for us and uh, to roll into work every morning and have that around you it's, it's pretty exciting so you know Rick and I are enjoying this year probably more than any of the previous years that we've been in motorsport. Now what do you two guys do you like wake up in the morning and say we want to run a team but not just a team we want to run a Ford car super team well, it, it sounds hard, but um, in a lot of ways it's probably easier because we've now, with four cars, got the capability to, to soak up the costs and, and do most of the work ourselves. We don't really outsource anything at all. We uh, do all of our own paint, our, our own machining, our own design, um, composite work, all the body work on the car. So it's, it's really easier. That, you know, if, we, if we were to run another car or another two cars, it wouldn't get a hell of a lot harder because it, it spreads the load uh, with all those departments. So it is still a lot of work, though, but um, as I said, it's, uh, it's quite enjoyable as well. My thanks to Todd Kelly, also to Neville Wilkinson and Jacob Black as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Check back on Friday when we'll have a special 
interview edition of the V8 Insiders. We've got some great interviews for you, including the rest of the interview with Todd Kelly and also the full Russell Ingle interview, just to name a few. And then, of course, we have the night before the 500 on Saturday night. It's some great stuff coming up on the V8 Insiders. I hope you'll be with us next time. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.